When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 170 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you talking Knicks, talking NBA as we get closer to the start of the preseason. Actually, by next week's show, the Knicks will have played a preseason game. It's not far away at all. So exciting stuff. Couple of house cleaning things before we talk about Big ifs for the Knicks coming up this season, where they might face. There's now some projections on where the Knicks will finish next season. We'll jump into that as far as personnel, potential starters, things of that nature as we go into the preseason and all of that gets fought for. We'll also talk a little bit more about more fallout from the Ime Udoka situation going on with the Celtics. We talked about that exclusively on the last show was the by far the biggest story. It broke, uh, actually broke, part of it broke during the podcast. So we kind of had to pump the brakes, dive right into that. And a lot of you were talking about it on social media this week. And it's become the biggest story in basketball the last seven days. So we'll touch a little bit more on that if we have time at the end of the show. But I owe you guys some Knicks content. We didn't talk about the Knicks once on a Knicks podcast last week. At, at When I finished up, I could hear, no Knicks. Where's the Knicks? Give me Knicks. I don't blame you. I apologize, but not as much to talk about with the Knicks last week. We're now at a good time where we can really jump into things and go all out Knicks talk. Two quick House cleaning moments before we do that. Number one, um, I really appreciate uh, family, friends, listeners of the podcast, and others um, checking in on me over the last 48 to 72 hours. For those that are new to the show, for those that maybe forget, sometimes um, for three-fourths of the year because of my work, because of the job that I do doing play-by-play broadcasting, Uh, I'm in South Florida. And a lot of people were asking about the hurricane, uh, Hurricane Ian that was rolling in the last really 48 hours um, in Florida. In particular, the last 24 have been really rough on parts of North Florida in particular. Um, I can report that I am okay. I... Everyone around me is okay. South Florida, for those that haven't been keeping up with it, was really never going to get much of the storm. I know that's pretty rare for the Fort Lauderdale, Miami, South Beach area uh, where I'm located. But I do want to stress that, um, you know, people in North Florida did not uh, get the luck that we did. So I'm, I'm th- I've been thinking about them the last 24 hours, hoping that they are okay again. I do really appreciate everybody reaching out. I have other family uh, down here in Florida uh, that were closer to the storm than I was. They are okay as well from my understanding. So that's all been very 
uh, relieving and great to hear over the last two days. So um, again, thank you to everybody who did that. Uh, it means a lot to hear from you and uh, to, that you're checking in and it has not um, really impacted much. I, I don't know if I said this. I might have just said this. I forget. But um, we briefly lost power uh, on the block that I live in or live on, I should say. Um, last night for maybe a combined, like it was on and off. I think for a combined, maybe 45 to 50 minutes. So it really is it's nothing compared to some of the places in Florida that uh, have been decimated by the hurricane. So uh, thoughts and prayers go out to them. I really hope that they're at least doing okay physically. And uh, I know, you know, what's so tough with, with damages and things like that is some of those things you're never going to get back. But, you know, obviously the biggest thing is that safety is there for people and especially older people. I know there's that stereotype, but it, there's a lot of people in Florida that are older. So I really hope that they're doing okay right now um, and recovering from it as best as they possibly can. So uh, the other uh, note that I wanted to address uh, is that I was feeling um, sore last podcast. My throat uh, is as sore as it's ever been. I can't remember. I can't think of a time in the last five years where, ironically enough, with COVID and things like that, um, that I, I I haven't had a sore throat like that in a long time. Wasn't really sick. I just had a lot of issues with congestion and things like that. It's that time of the year for me with allergies. So um, I think I think it, my my body clock is still on that North Jersey transitioning from you know summer to fall. So I, that that's the, the the time of the year where I tend to get it. It happened again, even though I'm down here in Florida. So. Uh, that's why I really struggled with my voice last podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening anyway. Uh, as you could tell, it's significantly better. Uh, it's not 100%, I will admit that, but it is much, much better than it was uh, seven days ago when I last recorded a podcast. So, all right, enough of that. We're getting on you know, the, the, the right trail back to being 100% with the voice. So I'm actually, I got a cough drop in right now. Um, trying to finish it off here. Uh, not only the cough drop, but my sore throat. So I really, again, really appreciate you checking in. Really appreciate you sticking with me during a week where my voice was not up to standard. So let's dive in. Uh, without further ado, the Knicks are in a position where I feel like we have to do a podcast like this and I get the Donovan Mitchell acquisition that doesn't happen in the end would have changed that if the Knicks had gotten Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if we have this conversation that I'm about to jump into about the upcoming season, but maybe we do. Maybe we do, to be to be very fair about it. Maybe we do. But we have to have it now that the Knicks did not get him. And it's not quite a game of what if, but it's it's a lot of... It's a lot of ifs for the Knicks. There's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts right now that need to be figured out. And bottom line, if you want to, I'll end the cliches with this. The Knicks have a lot of question marks. I don't know where they're going to finish yet. We are saving the standings extravaganza where we rank the, the teams during the regular season. We're saving that for the end of the preseason. So when we get to the end of, towards the 
end of that, I think it's a three or four game stretch for the Knicks in the preseason. We'll have a full show like we always do. We'll do our preview. We'll do our predictions for the East and for the West as well. And I'm, I'm always excited for it. I don't know. I, this will be the fourth year we're doing it, I think. Something like that. And I think two of the three years we did okay. Last year or the year before, I don't have it in front of me, we did terribly. So I'm really hoping that we can redeem ourselves this year and bounce back in a big way. But I begin with this. You know, we wrote about it on our site, postingandtoasting.com. As always, please read everything our great writers have there. Um, It's been nice really getting to do that during the offseason. I'll be taking on even more... uh, you know, game day kind of a role with the site as the regular season goes on. I'm excited for that. That's going to be really fun. So all that stuff's coming up, you know, October, November through basically the entire season. And I'm really excited to jump into that. The other part um, that I wanted to start with kind of, again, one of the reasons I brought up the site is because we've written about this on postingandtoasting.com. And again, I want you to, if you get a chance, go and check it out. It's the the two-guard position, most notably surrounding Evan Fournier and Quentin Grimes. And at the moment, going into training camp, it seems like Tom Thibodeau has Evan Fournier on the inside track to get the starting role at that position. Now, right off the bat here, right off the bat, I do want to mention that I didn't love the whole, well, Quentin Grimes was the, you know, the guy that we wouldn't give up to get Donovan Mitchell. So because of that, he has to start. You have to start him. Guys, really? Are we really going to die on that hill? Because Quentin Grimes was a no-go player in a trade, all of a sudden means he's a starter? Of course that's not the case. I mean, this is an easy one. There's been times on this show where I've had some tough ones here where where I'm split. Quentin Grimes is going into year two. Now, if he earns it, great. It's the old adage, if you're old enough, or I should say, if you're good enough, you're old enough, right? If you're good enough as a player, doesn't matter the age. Doesn't matter your stature on the team. That goes for all sports these days. Especially while the NBA continues to tinker with the one and done rule and getting rid of it and things of that nature and potentially going back, forget where the status is of that, but potentially going back to high school players can come on in. So there's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, for those that, that follow soccer, a 15-year-old player played for the Arsenal first team a couple weeks ago. 15! 15 years old! And by the way, that's not new. Almost every top team in European soccer has played teenagers in the first team. Like, it, it's, it's about if you're good enough, not if you're old enough anymore. There's no, you know, well, he's got to mature. If he can make the passes, if he can hit the shots, almost basketball and soccer-wise there, he's going to, he or she, right, is going to play. The NWSL has gone through this too. It's a league that I cover. 
They have teenagers now trying to break in. So, like, it's all sports. It's all across the board. This is how it goes. But if Quentin Grimes isn't ready, it's a business as well, right? They're going to play him off the bench. Like, he showed great signs last year. But Evan Fournier is a guy that, at times, for the Knicks, was putting up tremendous numbers last year. Now, again, much like the team, Fournier was hot and cold, and at times they couldn't play him because he wasn't hitting shots. And I mean, and again, Fournier, I, I, I think of maybe three or four games off the top of my head where Fournier was really efficient, put up big points, like 30, 35 points, efficient from three, dominant, scoring the basketball. And then I can think of another five to 10 games where Evan Fournier literally could not hit the broadside of a barn, couldn't make any shots. It's as if the the hoop shrunk into a Nerf hoop and Evan Fournier couldn't make anything. That's the life of a shooter in the NBA. So if Evan Fournier has more of the, the former kind of games than the latter, he's going to play, but he's going to have to earn it. It's how the Tibbs system works. You still got to earn your spot. So we'll see. If Quentin Grimes goes off preseason or early in the regular season and Evan Fournier is struggling, maybe they'll make the switch. You know, I mean, again, there's a big size difference there. Evan Fournier, actually, I'll give you the exact number, but pretty sure Evan Fournier has got at least a few inches on Quentin Grimes. Now, they're technically... You really look at what their attributes are, especially it's early in Quentin Grimes' career, but they do different things on the floor as well. Like they're, they're there for different reasons. So Evan Fournier is 6'6", so actually might not be as big of a difference than I thought. I thought he was a little bit taller than that. Um, Quentin Grimes, Houston product, of course, as I filibuster here is he's 6'4", so actually not as big of a difference as I thought, but still, you know, if you want a longer team out there, Evan Fournier is going to get the nod. Two inches is still two inches, so there is that slight, you know, difference, but I do think the other part of this is the fact that Evan Fournier is a guy that the Knicks are paying a lot of money to make shots. Quentin Grimes has to earn it. He's going to have to outplay him so for the time being, he's got the inside track. My what if here is twofold, right? If Fournier plays a bunch of games, is he going to be able to be consistent in those games and make a and be you know giving you somewhere between sixteen to twenty five points a night? I would take that over you know two thirty point games and then a twelve point game. I really would. You know, I mean, there's been times where Fournier has gone single digits for weeks. And then all of a sudden, in a game the Knicks maybe lose, he, he puts up 36. And it's, and it's like, well, ugh, where's that been? If Fournier can put up 15 to 20-something a night, it's going to be hard to take him out of the lineup. Especially now that you have Jalen Brunson out there with him. That's going to be a very dangerous combination. Now, the other part of this too is why I think Fournier might get the inside track here at starting on opening night is that when with Jalen Brunson coming in as the new point guard and having to run the offense and learn things, 
I think he would be more comfortable playing with a more experienced player. Now, I don't know that for a fact. But I think if Fournier is starting the way he did last year, I mean, opening night last year, Evan Fournier had an unbelievable game in the overtime or double overtime, however many OTs it was, against Boston. You know, that's where I would go, uh, Jalen's going to want to start out with him and be more comfortable with a a good shooter who can get to the rim off to his right or left on the perimeter. So that's going to be an interesting early season look at. But I think Quentin Grimes, year two, I, I think it's similar to with the, the, the stuff with Quickly where the Knicks kept him because they, have, they see upside in him. But Quentin Grimes has to develop, you know? I don't want anyone to get too far ahead of ourselves here and all of a sudden dub Quentin Grimes as the Knicks starting two guard for the next 10 years. It's I don't think that's going to happen. But let's let's see how he does and, and see if he could challenge Evan Fournier and maybe, I don't know, at some point if Evan Fournier goes through a shooting slump, it's happened before, we know it well, it's documented from last season, then maybe Grimes steps in and, and gets more minutes. But one thing I should mention as well is people at times last year and the year before were calling for Emmanuel quickly to get more minutes and start. And then he'd have a bad two weeks where he couldn't score and all of a sudden he couldn't hit a shot. So th- this is the life of a normal NBA rookie. That, that's a you know late first, early second round draft pick. You know, unless you get Anthony Edwards... You know, or or R.J. Barrett, right? R.J. Barrett is is a cornerstone player for the Knicks. In his entering his fourth year, Knicks got him in the top three in the draft. So you got to get a high, like top five, ten draft pick, and get, and do well, Frank Nilakina. If you're going to, I mean, that was probably unnecessary, but you get my point, right? They've got you got a hit on a top pick if they're gonna if they're gonna be contributing right away. You get what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at when it comes to the Knicks and the backcourt to start the season. That's a big if right off the bat. Can Fournier A be consistent when he's on the floor, right? And if you know Quentin Grimes' role on the team, can he take another step forward after having a good season? So I get that people, I mean, this is the thing, right? And I've been guilty of this as well in in past years, even before doing this podcast as a Knicks fan. I think that the Knicks fans get carried away with the quote-unquote next big thing, you know? And at times this offseason, all I've heard is Quentin Grimes. He, I mean, this is why we kept him, right? He's going to be in the lineup. He's got to start... He's going to be big time. It's just not how it works. It's just not how it works. Not trying to take anything away from Quentin Grimes as a player. He's going to be good. I just don't know how good he's going to be. And the Knicks, pro- I mean, the Knicks feel like he's going to be very good. That's why they didn't trade him. You know, I think if I think it's fair to say that if they didn't think Quentin Grimes was going to be good enough, like five years down the road. They probably trade him to get Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks want a star so badly. They probably would have done it. But they didn't. They kept Quentin Grimes. They re-signed R.J. Barrett to the extension. 
They did what they they felt like was best, and Cleveland took the bait. Jazz maybe could have gotten more. They maybe flopped that, but Cleveland ends up getting him. So we'll see what happens with Quentin Grimes. But I, I think, you know, let's see how the preseason goes. And again, will Evan Fournier be, you know, what he was for the first couple months last season for a full year? Maybe not 30 every night. That'd be insane. But I think that if he's scoring, you know, 16 to 25, something like that a night, the Knicks become a much more difficult team to deal with. So that's an interesting point right off the bat. We'll take a break here. We'll touch on RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, and more. And we, if we have time, we'll talk a little bit more Ime Udoka coming up next. On the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show, we'll talk Obi Toppin. We'll talk R.J. Barrett a little bit. We'll talk Derek Rose. A lot of good stuff from him at Media Day. Um, being out there, flamboyant. You love to see it. Seems like he's happy. Um, hopefully, he's getting ready to be a big contributing factor for the Knicks. We really missed him last season when he went down with the injury and just never really got a chance to get back on the court. Knicks desperately could have used him during the rough patches last season in the latter stages in particular. We'll touch on him in a second. I think one of the biggest storylines of the Knicks offseason is what is this year's jump going to be for Obi Toppin, as a player, we know he's got hops. We know he can bounce. But as a player, this feels like a pretty important season for Obi Toppin. And I don't know where the Knicks see him going forward. He's 24 years old. And this is going to be, I think, year three in the league for Obi. So, you know, there's some people that have been calling for Obi Toppin towards the end of last season to be the starter, you know, and and really fight with Julius Randle for that four spot. There's been others that are not sure if Obi Toppin should even be a Nick right now. Some people were shipping him to to Utah in the the Jazz deal. I was close to doing that because of the, the allure of Donovan Mitchell and what that could mean. So this one's difficult because, listen, last year for Obi Toppin was a decent second year. I don't know if it was a a year where you were blown away by him. And I mean, his first year, if we're looking at comparing first year versus second year, huge improvement. Huge improvement. Obi Toppin didn't start any games, by the way, as a rookie. I had forgotten about that. I had forgotten about that. Obi Toppin actually never started a game his rookie year. I, that's pretty crazy to hear. I did not realize that. He started 10 last year. And he almost actually more than doubled his points per game. Same with assists. His free throw percentage was up by almost 3%. 
Three-point shooting a hair better with more attempts, must be said. And in more minutes, he played six more minutes a game than he did last year. So I really do feel like that this upcoming year, age 24 year for Obi Toppin, he's got to be starting, I think, double the amount of games at least. This is from his perspective, I think. I don't know about the team, but I think he's going to want to have at least 10 to 12 points per game on average and try to improve on his three-point shot. I think the number of articles coming out of Media Day have you know, quoted Obi Toppin as saying that he wants to improve defensively and he wants to improve his jump shot. So those are two pretty important things that you need to do in the NBA, especially at his position on the wing. You know, you got to be a good shooter and you got to be able to defend if you're going to last on competitive teams that are going to try to get into the playoffs and compete for a title every year, whether that's with the Knicks or somewhere else. We'll see how he does this year. But I do feel like I don't know what to expect from Obi Toppin this year. There's some people I think that have his expectations through the roof. I don't know. What from last year is telling you that? I think at times Obi Toppin was great, but I think a lot of those times were in games that the Knicks, you know, didn't, that they weren't relevant games. A lot of the games that Obi Toppin played well in, the Knicks had nothing to fight for. Nothing was on the line, no pressure on the Knicks. So that concerns me quite a bit. And for the whole team, by the way, not just Obi, I'm not trying to single him out, but. A lot of time, a lot of the Knicks players played better when they had no pressure on them, so that stats get get a little misconstrued, and that's where it's tough to evaluate guys by just looking at the stats. So, Obi Toppin's a huge question mark going into next season. If he plays well, back to the if game. If he plays well, and I said this last year, when Obi Toppin plays well, the Knicks tend to win. Because they have another guy helping out. But that's the NBA. That's the NBA. People people say it all the time with the NBA. At home, your role guy, your, your you know, your, uh, what's the right way to put it? Your bench is going to be there. They're going to play well. They're at home. They're feeling good. But on the road, your bench isn't always there. They struggle sometimes. So, can Obi Toppin be a guy that's consistently good no matter where the Knicks play, when the Knicks play, how the Knicks play? And I don't know. I really don't. I I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and he was telling me that Obi should start. And I said, based on what? Based on what? Well, you don't like Julius Randle? He's still going to give you 20 a game. Obi's not giving you that. No chance. And I get that Julius Randle turns the ball over sometimes, but he's still going to give you a near triple-double every night just about. Even last year, there were still, even when the, when the game still mattered as well, Julius Randle still put up big performances at times. It's what all-star caliber players do. And I don't think Obi Toppin right now can be in that conversation. I really don't. He's got a lot to prove before he can do that. So that's where I come from. I I think you got to remember who's on that front line 
first and foremost, that Obi has to get through. But also, with all due respect, he came along very nicely from year one to year two in certain respects. But Obi Toppin, if, if you want him to be a cornerstone Nick player, it's got to be more than just the one random poster dunk in Atlanta that gets you off your feet. That's not good enough anymore in the NBA. I'm not sure if it ever was good enough in the NBA to really be a starter every night in the league. That's not enough. So again, if Obi Toppin takes that step, the Knicks become, I mean, very dangerous. Again, with last year, even with injuries, when Obi Toppin played well, so did the Knicks. That's that tended to be how it went. So I'll be interested to see if he can do it again, but do it more consistently throughout the season. Because again, what was great about Obi Toppin last year was he didn't miss a lot of games. I think Obi Toppin missed maybe 10 all last season. That's really good. He's young. That's great. But again, what's he going to give you when it matters most? And what is he going to do when the Knicks are not playing well? Is he still going to step up? So I'm really, how consistent can he be? I don't know the answer, but it's something I'm worried about. It's something I think the Knicks need to be weary of. Not just with him. Not just with him. I mean, Julius Randle does fall somewhat into that category, but he puts up ridiculous numbers. So you you can't. It's apples and oranges. You know? It really comes down to the fact that Julius Randle, even when he's not playing well, Gives you 20 to 25 points. Makes an impact on the boards. Gets teammates involved. Now, one thing that I'm really hoping for is that with G, uh, excuse me, with Jalen Brunson at the point guard position, multiple Nick youngsters could really have a big season. Because now they have an actual point guard out there that could really elevate the squad as a whole that could really generate a lot of firepower on the offensive end and i'm hoping you know the the tide that rises all boats if you will that is julius randall i'm hoping that obi toppin is one of those guys but i don't know that so i'm weary of how he's going to do this season i'm hopeful in some ways but i don't know and it's he's, he's a big question mark for me going into this season. Derek Rose is a big wild card on this team as well. I really hope that Derek Rose can play 60 games, somewhere around that total this season. Because if he can, that's a hell of a one-two punch. Brunson and Rose is pretty damn good. If Derrick Rose was somewhere close to where he was in 2021 when the Knicks made the playoffs. So that becomes interesting. The other part is that it's really a 1-2-3 punch if Emmanuel quickly can take another step forward this season. And he is, I mean, if anyone needs to work on consistency, it's Emmanuel quickly. I mean, he is the most 
hot and cold man on the team. You really don't know what you're going to get from him night in and night out. I, 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 I wish I had a way of really breaking that down, but there were some some stretches last year where Emmanuel quickly was tremendous, like really, really good. And then there were others where he was absolutely a spectator. You couldn't find him on the basketball court at times last year. So I'm curious. I'm curious. I mean, I was looking, I'll look again here, but I was looking at his splits, home versus road. It's, and they're pretty close, almost identical, actually, home versus road for Emmanuel Quickly. But then I looked at the month splits, and this is really where it's all over the place. It's all over the place. And I mean, I'll start with this. Quickly gets off to a really slow start last year. October, November, if you average it out, 5.2 points per game in October, only six games, but 11 points per game in November. You average that out. It's like seven, seven and a half points per game. Not great for the first 21. Then he kind of picks it back up in December, 12 points per game. Then it's nine in January, plummets to 7.6 in that dreadful month of February. Then the Knicks are out of it. He averages 15 in March, 20 in April. He has a crazy finish to the season when the Knicks have nothing to play for. And that's where, I mean, again, even pre-All-Star break, post-All-Star break numbers, the post-All-Star break numbers are almost double what the pre-All-Star game numbers are, but that's because the Knicks are out of it those last two months. Knicks are done. So quickly again, I mean, just not consistent enough in his role of coming off the bench and providing a scoring outlet for this team. And I, and I think at this point, it's pretty fair to say that one of the reasons that the Knicks have had to address the point guard situation is the way, the way that they did to desperately get this done and bring in Jalen Brunson is because Emmanuel quickly is not going to be a guy in the future that runs an offense in the NBA. I just don't see it. So that's going to be another big if. Can Derrick Rose stay healthy? Can the Knicks get any kind of consistency out of Emmanuel quickly? I don't know. But it's something that I think the first few months, I know I'll be keeping a close eye on it. I don't know if you will. That's up to you. But I think, again... Emmanuel quickly averaged 11.3 points per game last year, which is pretty good. If he could do that every night, 11 to 15 points per game, somewhere around there, if he elevates that ever so slightly, he becomes a different player for the Knicks. He's got to improve. I think he's also going into his age, uh, is it, I guess it's his age 23 season, actually. His age 23 season. So... That's where you kind of look and, and you and you wonder, all right, all right, quick, now what? What are you going to do now? So we'll see. But for the time being, that's a big question mark for the Knicks. And 
one last man I want to touch on here is the cornerstone of the Knicks' future, R.J. Barrett. Now, let me be very clear. R.J. Barrett really had a good season last year. 20 points per game, 5.8 rebounds and 3 assists per game. And it again, in year 3, so far, going into year 4, R.J. Barrett has gotten better in almost every stack category year in and year out. Some of them are actually identical uh, between years. But R.J. Barrett is really continuing to improve as an NBA player. And if he takes another step forward, this is a Nick team that has somewhat of a big three. If Julius Randle buys in and the Knicks buying on him that's clearly up for debate as to whether or not Julius Randle lasts the full season as a Nick performances will also probably dictate that as well but you look at Barrett Brunson and Randle that's pretty darn good and if all of them are are playing well this upcoming season I think the Knicks are in the playoffs. I really do. I, again, I think it'll be through the play-in. I think the Knicks will get to the playoffs. I, I really do. And like I said, it's the if game. But the Knicks have the, the pieces. I mean, unless you have ESPN+, Plus, you didn't see this. But there was an NBA preview on ESPN.com uh, on ESPN+, Plus from Kevin Pelton, an ESPN senior writer and he did a bunch of you know win projection stats and went through different player projections how everyone's going to do and then box scores and fleshed it all out one of the big surprises was that golden state actually was eighth in the west in his average wins uh, number that popped out which means they would be in the play-in which is mind-boggling as the defending champs had the lakers in ninth in the west by the way they would again just squeak in Boston is first still in the East, even after the Ime Udoka stuff. By the way, even after the Robert Sarver stuff, and he's about to sell the team apparently, um, the Suns are first in the West. So there's that for what that's worth. But as it applies to the Knicks, the Knicks are ninth in the East with an average wins of 41.5. So right on that 500 mark, right there. It's as if it's an over-under. It's right there. Cleveland is a half a win. Oh, I sorry, almost a win and a half better in eighth. Brooklyn, a few wins better in seventh. Miami Heat in sixth, just behind the Atlanta Hawks. So right now it's a, it's an interesting time to look at some of that kind of stuff. But I see it. You know, the Knicks, by the way, are ahead of teams like Charlotte and the Bulls, who are one of the biggest plummeters in these uh, projections, jumping all the way back to... Actually, just close it. I think they're like 10th, 11th, somewhere around there. They're barely in the play-in, if if at all. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that breaks down and what comes of it as we get closer to the regular season and as we get closer to really seeing how this first month or two plays out in the NBA. And like I said, it's a big month to start it out, October, November is big for the Knicks because there's a lot of tough games early in the season and 
Knicks have got to pick up some wins early if they want to get off to a good start. Now, we said that last year they did pick up wins early, and then they fell apart in February, but we'll see. Again, a lot of stuff still has to happen. Uh, I'm going to run out of time, so maybe we'll touch on more Ime Udoka stuff next week. By the way, probably for the best, I, we only talked about the Ime Udoka stuff last week. I owed you a full Knicks podcast this week. You've got it, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, two quick things for next week. Number one, I should be back to like full voice next week. So again, thanks for bearing with me uh, through all of that. Number two, I'm likely going to have to record the podcast a day earlier. Again, we never miss a week here. Um, Normally, I record on the Thursday for the Friday. Probably going to have to record on the Wednesday next week because I am getting a very minor uh, procedure done. It's nothing serious, but it does have to get done. So in the end, that takes precedent. Um, I will not be able to record anything the day I get the slight procedure done. I'm not going to give any details on it. It's a little bit of a personal thing. Actually, you know what? Now I'm going to have to because now I'm I'm making it sound ominous. I'm making it sound like it's a big deal. I apologize. I'm getting my wisdom teeth taken out. So it's nothing, like like I said, as soon as I I said those last years, I was like, oh boy, now I'm making it sound like it's weird. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. Just have to get the wisdom teeth taken out. It's going to take me out for a day. So I'm not going to be able to record. We'll record the day before. It'll be ready for Friday. I'll have, you know, the procedure I need to have done on my wisdom teeth. And we'll move forward towards the start of the Knicks regular season. Thank you, as always, for putting up with me and listening to the podcast. It's always much appreciated. Have a great week. Stay safe out there. And I'll talk to you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.